to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Coat. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast today. Today I'm joined by Jamie Morris, who is the Program Director at JMF. Jamie has lots of experience being travelling around the world and has a wealth of knowledge on soccer. So please enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Marcus Code Fitness Podcast, Jamie. Hey Marcus, good to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's awesome to be able to be on board, which is cool. I know you've been around the world a fair bit, which so it'd be awesome to talk about your experiences there. And I know you're the pro- program director of um, JMF, which obviously I currently work for as well. So we met when you did come to uh, Borolulu here. So it was awesome to be able to chat there as well. So now I appreciate your time for jumping on today. Firstly, how are you going? Yeah, no, going really well. Obviously, i um, a bit frustrated about the current lockdowns in Sydney because um, yep. that p- puts a lot of things on hold and having to work remotely from, from home again. But uh, otherwise, going well. No, that's good to hear. Starting off, your background growing up, I know you still play soccer today, which would be awesome to hear your experience in soccer too. Excellent. Yeah, of course. So um, obviously, originally from, from England, yeah. from a town called Stevenage, which is just north of London. It's about 25 minutes on a train into London's King's Cross. So yeah, for me, obviously, my background growing up was football was always the predominant sport that was played in every playground after school and before school so I didn't see any other sports as a as I was growing up so that was obviously naturally where I was going to be taking my time being interested in sport so yeah pretty much for me I enjoyed football from a very early age but I think I got the the big interest through my brother who watched football a lot on tv and there was a game that I watched, I think it was Arsenal um, that were playing and obviously he supported them and I, I was really impressed by what I was watching, obviously, and decided that I would uh, jump on the bandwagon and support the same team as him and um, <laughs> that's kind of where my interest started with with football. So yeah, for me, obviously originally from England, but I've lived in Sydney now for, for seven years and yeah, I've really enjoyed the time over here and the lifestyle and continued to follow my sort of passions in in football in in the job that I do obviously yeah awesome I suppose making decision to come to Australia did you did you always think you wanted to or did you I suppose experience you wanted to as well or did work kind of take you as well there yeah so pretty much uh, what happened with me was when I was going up through school I originally thought I wanted to be a PE teacher but from there I realized that actually I do like all sports but only love one sport which is football so I decided to decided to um, follow my coaching sort of qualifications originally back home when I was sort of 16 17 went through those football football um, FA courses in England um, and did my level one and level two and then from there I was actually approached to see if I was interested to go and coach in America for the largest coaching organization over there for football which is challenger sports so I decided to spend four summers there so every every summer between university sort of June through to August I went over to America and delivered summer camps over in America which was an awesome experience to to live with families each week that were their kids were on the camps so you're really embedded within their culture and 
their way of life, which is really, really cool. I really get along well with the American people. And from there, that was a, a real interest for me to know that you can sort of take that anywhere around the world when you've got sort of coaching experience. And particularly if you want to experience different cultures and lifestyles. And mm. I had a great opportunity while I was there to travel to lots of different states. So I spent a lot of time in the Midwest around sort of Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin. I spent a week over in Canada as well. And then I did a nine-month contract in California, which was a, an excellent experience to, to really live there for a, nearly a full year, obviously. And that lifestyle I found in, in California with, obviously, you've got your beaches and good weather most of the year, football's quite high up and everyone's interests as well was I was actually f hoping to find a way I was hoping to find a way of staying there with with the organization I was with and the visas were actually quite difficult to get over there at that time to be a, a football coach so unfortunately it didn't work out that I could stay so the next step was to to look at Australia and see what opportunities might be over here yeah so that's when I, I came over here in in 2014 and Again, look for roles in, in football or coaching and originally started with an organization called Sports Kickstart in, in Sydney, which is a, a private coaching organization. Yep. Predominantly, they, they coach football, but they did do other sports in schools as well. So yeah, basically from there was great experience as a full-time coach and really enjoying that role. And obviously the lifestyle that is very similar to California in Sydney with the, the beaches mm. and the, the nice weather. So that's kind of where it started for me with um, yeah, coaching through there. And then I sort of worked myself more into like the sports administration side of the business yeah. and then it's in the management side of, of the coaching team and training yeah. and development of staff. So that's kind of a little bit of a snapshot of, of the story so far in, in Australia. Yeah, that's awesome. And now I know how you touch on obviously being able to get experience of traveling to the different countries. Yeah, I think for, for someone listening, don't I suppose if they obviously want more experience, definitely like trying to stay in that one country. Obviously, try to go experience different countries or different places where you can get that experience there where people sometimes probably think that they're just stuck in one spot a little bit. So that's awesome to hear. And I know when it obviously helps to have a nice area to live in as well with all the beaches and that. So that'd be unreal to be able to spend your time there too. So I think that's really awesome uh, for people that, yeah, obviously yeah. want to experience and, and, and learn a lot about uh, the different cultures as well too. So I know you're still playing soccer at the moment. How, how are you going and how's the team going? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, uh, I'm still trying to play at least um, obviously <laughs> Not that I'm that old yet, but um, it definitely becomes a little bit harder to keep your legs in good shape. But yeah, yeah so I'm playing at the moment in Sydney's Eastern Suburbs Football Association. So yeah. it's a team, again, that I've played for from pretty much the very beginning I came to Australia called Glebe Gorillas. It's a team made up of expats, so English, Scottish, Irish, Welsh. We've got a few token Aussies as well included in our team, which is good. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's been uh, it's been brilliant as a, an experience playing for that that particular club where you've got obviously people in a similar scenario to myself that uh, yeah. they're away from home with no family here potentially and yeah so that that club that club becomes your family and it's good to keep keeping contact with the the English banter and everyone knows football the same way I do which is a, a really good thing but yeah at the moment at the moment I've had a bit of a patchy season this this season so far because I yeah. started with an injury. So I actually had a bit of a calf niggly injury that's been ongoing since last year, even, which yeah. shows that my body's definitely not recovering as quickly as it used to. But yeah, 
I've, I've only recently started now I'm back in shape. I'm not, not feeling any, any injuries with the calf anymore. And Good. yeah, we've, we've, we've been going okay in the first grade. I'm sort of more playing in the reserve grades and we haven't had the best season. We've got a really good team with great individuals, but unfortunately we just haven't got the results, which is yeah. the nature of football. Sometimes it just doesn't go your way. That's it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think good, good bunch of lads and still, still enjoying it and being around the club and just yeah. unfortunate now that we're, we're locked down and not able to play now that I was just getting myself back into yeah. my, my sharpness. <laughs> Makes it very tough as well. A bit of an interrupted season. So hopefully you'll be able to get back at this uh, shortly as well. Your experience yeah. playing in Australia soccer, is, is it, I suppose, is it different to like, like playing in the UK a bit or is it similar, I suppose, structure of the game as well? Yeah, no, it's an interesting question, actually. I've had some different thoughts around it, but yeah. obviously because I'm playing for a team that are all from where I'm from, so yeah. I, it, that, that team itself feels like it would at home of the way we do yeah. things, the way we train, the way we, yeah. the way we play is very similar to what we do at home. But definitely there is a difference. I did play one season where I live actually in Lane Cove for Lane Cove Football Club, and predominantly that was more Australian based team and I was sort of more the token English that were playing there so um, that was really interesting and I enjoyed the season but it was different because obviously the way I see the game compared to how someone yeah. else that's grown up in Australia sees the game might be very different so yeah. some, sometimes I'd be on the field and watching sort of the game unfold and I'm about to make a run because I can see where it should go in my mind but yeah. always it didn't come that way so it was a little bit interesting to yeah. to try try and see the decisions that were made that made sense to me but maybe not for them which is is fine because everyone has a different lens on the game of how they see it being played and that's why I think I feel more comfortable playing with my um, English yeah. Scottish Irish friends at Glebe because we all sort of see the game the same way but yeah, I think the, the other big ones, I watched the recent uh, documentary called Football Belongs on Optus Sport, which if you haven't seen it, great opportunity to look at sort of how football's evolved in Australia, particularly yeah. around the, the cultural groups where similar to my team, but there's a lot of obviously um, immigration to Australia that created clubs based on um, their cultures. So there's Portuguese teams, there's Greek teams, there's Spanish teams, whatever it might be, but really, really interest, interesting that that created a real good sense of competition and a little bit yeah. of healthy rivalry between teams in Australia, yeah, which is fantastic. And I think that's, that's dwindled away a little bit because Football Australia actually stopped the, uh, the clubs being able to ref refer to any, any other country or cultural group. So they actually, I guess, diminished a little bit that sort of sense of rivalry between clubs of different nationalities, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's kind of a, a few differences I see there. And I think, obviously, the game I feel here is, is up and coming. It's, it's the highest participated youth sport in the country at the moment. But yeah. it's still got a long way to go to establish itself as a really yeah. strong game at the top level. Because, obviously, highest level of playing in the A-League here, comparing that to the Premier League in England, the standard yeah. of players and the... Just everything from how much money goes into the clubs in, in England to what they do here. It's going to take a bit of time to, to get anywhere near that level, but hopefully in time with the right structures in place across the game that it can continue to improve and will become a, a good uh, national team over here as well at some stage. And I know, obviously, sometimes speaking to different people when they do come over to Australia or go overseas or anything and they do play not just soccer, but other different sports, so obviously it does take a bit of time to adjust to the game style and structure. So... 
yeah, it's awesome to hear your opinion on where you see it. Obviously, yeah, feel more comfortable, obviously, with people that maybe are from uh, similar areas to you. So that's cool. And I was going to say also, I do see, obviously, soccer coming up a fair bit through the ranks. So obviously, yeah, obviously, juniors to, to keep playing and keep pushing that. So obviously, to be able to get that, get up yeah, to the highest level and obviously push soccer as much, much as we can too. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, excellent. So I suppose your position now, JMF, how, how did that come about? Yeah, definitely. So um, obviously, originally I was with Sports Kickstart for most of my time here in Australia, which is five years I spent there at a private organization. And they actually had sponsored me to, to be in the country and stay here to pursue permanent residency. So there's a, there's a period of time that you have to stay with that organization through your visa process before you can look at other opportunities that might be interesting for you. So I basically came through that process and once I had my permanent residency, I, I wanted to see what other opportunities there might be available uh, in Australian football yeah. and sports administration. So I, um, I was obviously, as everyone does, on the job seekers pages and yeah. seeing sort of what came up and what was interesting. And uh, there was a few different sort of ideas I had of potentially looking at some school sport-based roles uh, yeah. with sports administrators or, or head of football type roles. But I came up, came up against, uh, yeah, JMF came up on, on, on Seek, I think it was. And obviously reading through what the job role was itself and the criteria was very much aligned to what I was already doing at, uh, at Sports Kickstart around sort yep. of recruitment and training of staff and, and programming of, of what we were doing as an organization. But the obviously interesting part for me was around Indigenous football, which yeah. for me at that point, I didn't, I didn't actually know too much around Indigenous football because it didn't have... I suppose, a big footprint in Australia just yet other than JMF, obviously yeah. driving a lot of the Indigenous football initiative. Yeah, I basically thought it would be a very interesting um, role to pursue and obviously put my resume in to, to go for the role. And thankfully, I was, I was chosen to, to take on the role and um, I've enjoyed every minute since. And I found it a really good challenge to, to, for myself to learn about Indigenous Australia and, and culture yeah. and to grow the pro program from obviously originally where it was based in Borroloola to now 18 communities across New South Wales, Queensland and Northern Territory has, has yeah. been a really good journey so far. So I don't know where the two years have gone so far. They've gone pretty quickly, <laughs> been pretty busy. But uh, yeah, and I, I think for me, I was really inspired by John's story and and yeah. um, and Roz obviously is the managing director of the foundation. They've They've just got such drive and passion and how much energy and effort they've put into the foundation yeah. to get the program where it is today is is really inspiring that yeah it's just we hope to continue that legacy and and keep that moving forward because it's come a long way so far yeah definitely I think that's yeah spot on I think it's for, great for the kids to be able to have an opportunity to be able to, to be able to go further and to the play stock I know if obviously a few have come out of uh, Borrelooly here, but it's awesome to see. But yeah, I've hopefully many more kids to be able to pursue that and be able to head up to yeah Sydney or wherever it is to be able to play soccer, enjoy like yeah experience their lifestyle too, which I think is incredible too. So yeah, it's really good to see as well. Yeah, no, fantastic. It's uh, obviously Shay's the trailblazer so far from yeah. from Borrelooly, playing at uh, the level she has now with. Sydney FC yeah. and also young Matilda's vice captain. So he's been excellent as a role model for yeah. other kids in the Borrelula community and other communities that we deliver to also know about Shay, which is, is excellent. Hopefully, uh, yeah, like you said, more opportunities can be provided for sort of the select few that are showing that sort of promise to, 
to want to play at the highest level. And we hope we can be that sort of foundation and network for them to, to support them in that journey. Yeah, that's exactly right there. And I was just going to say, obviously, ex- obviously expanding to different locations, who I think that's really cool as well to be able to not just one location, but expand over a few different locations. Hopefully we can obviously be able to keep pushing more and see where it goes from there, which is cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, there's a lot of regions that we get contact, contacted by quite regularly to yeah. inquire about our program and have the interest of, of seeing what it could look like in, in their communities or their schools, which is amazing to know that others are seeing sort of the benefits the program could bring to their community. Obviously for us, we would, we would love to be able to offer it to everyone all at once, but yeah. um, there's a process involved of uh, obviously trying to deliver to where we're currently yeah. are, are delivering to and, and potentially down the track, we can look at growing that. Your experience, obviously, you come out to Borolula. How was that for you, obviously, being able to come out to a region? Yeah, definitely. I've obviously had the great opportunities to, to come out there a couple of times now and yep. work with the team on the ground. And it's really important, I think, for the likes of myself and, and other team members that are based in our Sydney office because it just gives you a real sense of purpose of, of all the work that you do day to day and what that's supporting. And I think it's, it's come a long way. Uh, since I started in Borolula, the the way we're delivering the program now and uh, with the support of uh, Steve, obviously, as our coach and mentor on the ground there, that's yep. really helped us drive the program forward and, and offer more opportunities in our school deliveries as well as after school programs. And now this year, obviously, our, our Catherine competition games, which I was thankful to come along to one of those as well on uh, yep. the very first ones. So I think, yeah, just seeing it in action is is invaluable to me to be honest to yeah. really understand where where we're at as the program grows and and where, what other support we can put in place from sydney to to continue to help the program up in borolula and just seeing the the natural talent obviously of a lot of the kids up there and the mm. the enjoyment that they get from the game and how yeah. often they play it is is amazing it's every day they're playing it at school obviously with the program but they're playing it at lunchtime uh, yeah. After school, they'll even have a kick around before the JMF session kicks off. And it, the futsal nights as well are just sheer football at its rawest form. Yeah. So it's just a, yeah, it's amazing to see. You'd hope that um, that level of passion and desire that they show for football in Borolula, if that was around every town in the country, then I think we'd be pushing on really strong for a, a national team. I think with everyone having that passion for the game because. I feel that it, it has died off in terms of this these days with technology and iPads and yeah. and gaming and everything else that distracts kids from yeah. going outside and playing football or sport is that in Borolula, I think their most enjoyable thing to do is go out and play football and, yeah. and get involved with their friends. But yeah, so it's amazing to see that football in its rawest form and, and how happy it makes the kids up there, which is amazing. Yeah, awesome. That's, uh, that's really good there as well. And obviously credit to, to your team as well for obviously supporting and helping the program too so um i know yeah, you obviously said we had a bit of a calf injury before but how important is our physical preparation for soccer but we'll go we'll go to kids as well so like obviously like adults kind of thing playing but then we'll go how important i think is for uh, physical preparation for kids too yeah no absolutely i think physical pre- preparation has become more and more important these days that we know more about the the science behind preparing your bodies in the right way before you play sport and after you've played sport. So I think it's yeah it's vital really for anyone that wants to play at a high level where 
you're putting your body to its limits in many ways of all the twisting, turning, the explosive movements that you have as a, as an athlete that if you don't prepare your body well, then obviously you're going to have injuries like I've experienced recently. But yeah, mine was actually a bit more linked to probably overuse. I was trying to, in a, in a month, I think in September of, of 2020, I was trying to do a hundred kilometers of road, road running within a month, which I've never done before. And I got towards the pointy end of 90 odd kilometers. And that was when the calf said, no, thank you. Um, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to stop here. So yeah, again, that's, that's my, my bad that I've probably again, overloaded my body too much, which is also part of physical preparation because you, you need to make sure that you build yourself up gradually, that you don't yeah. just throw yourself in the deep end and expect to run a marathon like me. Um, so yeah, definitely a very, very important part of any sport is, is physical preparation in doing the right dynamic stretches and yeah. um, game-related movements before you get into the high intensity of any activity. And for kids as well, obviously, if they're not doing the right motions and movements, like potentially even their running dynamics, for example, yeah. if, if that's not quite where it should be, if they're not running efficiently and it looks yeah. like it could cause them an injury at a later point, then fixing that is a important part of yeah. anything before they start playing a sport. If they can actually have the right fundamental movements uh, for any sport is important. No, spot on there. I think I, I love physical preparation. Obviously, that's part of my, my part of my job and what I do for people as a personal trainer. So I think yeah, it's so so important. I think for young kids too, for me or any like anyone to be able to in- introduce it to them just at a at a bit of a younger age to be able to then lead up to when they when they are older and they are playing a bit more serious or doesn't have to be serious games to, to be able to uh, keep them on keep them on the field and uh, keep them very healthy. Uh, throughout the um throughout throughout the days as well yeah no absolutely it's all part of um the game of preparing well playing well and and also recovering well which is um yeah even more important that i'm realizing recently <laughs> yeah no that's it no i think for myself obviously introducing it to these kids now they probably haven't done much done much before i think it's really cool and i know obviously they do hate at the start but i'm, I'm hoping that i can uh slowly get there and uh we'll um, be able to obviously that might be able to love it by the end of it kind of thing <laughs> yeah no definitely i think um that's the benefit of obviously your experience up there with the program that you can bring that that aspect and the technical information that and break it down obviously in the right ways yeah. for the kids to understand and if we can start them early and get them to understand the fundamentals of of preparing well and looking after their bodies then hopefully that will set them up for long-time success in playing sport without hopefully too many injuries like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, that's awesome to hear. Last question before we wrap it up. For kids that are wanting to play soccer, I suppose, what would you, advice you'd give them? Yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot of things you could say. But um, yeah. for me, I think you do need to have a, a healthy obsession with football if you really want to go far in the game you you need to have an obsession of wanting to practice as often as possible um because i think as i said with borolula which is great to see that they're still wanting to play outside of any structured activities that we put on for them they're still happy to take a ball and go and set up their own mini game and get playing i think more kids need to be able to do that of 
picking up a, a ball and asking a few friends to just come down the field and, and setting up their own games like sort of I, I used to experience as a kid growing up and we used to play all sorts of games that we made up and it was all football related but it definitely helped me and, and I think my friends that I grew up with to improve their level of skill uh, without a coach being around you can the more repetition that you put into anything the the better you get obviously but outside of practicing I think you've got to be sort of all consumed with the game around watching the game on at the highest level as well on tv if you get an opportunity or optus yeah. sport is a great application to to watch highlights and any key games that are happening sort of around the world at the moment with the euros that are on obviously i think another one is making sure that you you learn as much as you can from all the coaches that you come across so i i've personally had lots of different coaches that i've played under and you always learn something from all of them so try and take the best bits of all of that and help improve your game and, and listen to some of the advice they're giving you. So yeah, they're, they're kind of the main ones really. And and if they can even, I'd say, although I don't probably to a lesser extent, but um, even playing the game on, on sort of FIFA or, or yeah. any of those games on your Xbox, PlayStation, I think that helped as well have that healthy obsession with um, yeah. knowing sort of players that who plays for which team and, and also seeing how the game was played from that sort of bird's eye view angle yeah. subliminally, that does help in some ways. But I wouldn't encourage that to, to be the <laughs> predominant way that you, you play football. I want you to be out there physically yeah. playing, but that's a, a side thing to do once in a while, which is excellent. Yeah, awesome. That's really good advice there. I know guys that are listening are going to take, uh, take that on board and for younger kids too, obviously they'll be able to listen and um, hopefully if people were to pass it on too. So that's awesome, Jamie. Thank you so much for your time, Jamie. Today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, of course, Marcus. No worries. I appreciate it. And I um, hope the podcast goes well and you get some, some good listeners that can take away some of the key points from some of the speakers that you have coming on. Yeah, I know. I, know I definitely will. I know this episode will be awesome to be able to hear. So thanks, guys, for listening. I look forward to sharing it with you. And I'll see you in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day.